absolutely. It depends on the uh, COR of the flagstick, so the Coefficient Restitution flagstick. In U.S. Opens, I'll take it out, and uh, every other tour event, when it's uh, fiberglass, I'll leave it in and bounce that ball against the flagstick if I need to. Welcome, podcast patrons, to episode 30 of Leave the Pin In. As always, I'm your host, Dan, and finally, I've got my co-host back, the man who beat the mouse, shook him down, took all of his money, my main man, Scotto. Scotto, what's a good word? Yo, what's going on? Uh, I am back from the mouse, um, and I actually think he took a lot more of my money than I took of his, um, but uh, I did get to enjoy some of the the golf offerings so we'll talk about that a little bit in terms of uh handicapping the mouse's hospitality what would his handicap be oh scratch the mouse the mouse is spectacular always is always has been probably always will be fair enough fair enough um, so we got a quick, you know, quick little episode today. We have the Northern Trust going on as of right now. Leaders uh, have not teed off yet. We got Patrick Reed in the lead. Um, yeah, hate the man as much as you want, but he's a hell of a player, Scott. Uh, yeah, and you know what? Every time you think he's gone away, he comes back. Um, and he kind of had like a ho-hum kind of year. You know, there was uh, the you know, Ryder Cup controversy, and then didn't really. I don't feel like he did much this year, and now all of a sudden he's you know, you know, shooting below seventy in every round of a playoff event. Yeah, and uh, I guess all thanks to the man himself, David Ledbetter, has taken him back from the verge of uh, nothingness, and Justine Reed is, I guess, ready to uh, buy some more shoes and jewelry. Hmm. Yeah, Patrick Reed went into the Northern Trust at 50th on the, the Fed Cup list. So, you know, kind of pretty much towards the middle of the pack. And if he wins, he stands to pick up 48 spots. What's even crazier than that, Scott, is if you look at the leaderboard, um, the defending, reigning, undisputed FedEx Cup champ Justin Rose has moved up to a tied for third, two strokes, out of the lead. You, you just cannot kill this man. I mean, he does nothing flashy. Like, there is nothing about Justin Rose's game that you would sit there and say, oh, man, he's one of the best in the world this. He's the longest. He puts the best. He's got the best wedge game. None of that. But he might be the most complete player on this planet right now. I mean, short of, of Brooks Koepka winning majors, I think it's really hard to argue that there's a pl- better player than Justin Rose. Unbelievable. Unreal. Um, but, Scott, let's get to something that is both near and dear to your heart and my heart and all the podcast patrons that listen to us, their heart as well, and that is the one and only the Mr. Bryson DeChambeau, the scientist himself. He is embroiled in another slow play controversy and i want to read this to you scott because this is out of the mouth of bryson first off he talked about how he's not slow okay yesterday he walked off a 70 yard chip shot took him about three and a half minutes all over twitter people were posting it on their twitter feeds then in a post round press conference he goes on to say i hate playing golf i absolutely hate it these are quotes I love competition, 
It's the most fun thing in the world for me. But when people start talking to me about slow play and how I'm killing the game, I'm doing this and that to the game, that is complete and utter you-know-what. That's not fair. Is Bryson starting to fray around the edges, Scott? You know, we, we've called him kind of like a, a mad scientist or an evil genius or, you know, somebody who's, you know, got some conspiracy theory, you know, thing working behind the scenes. And if you've watched any of those movies that feature one of those people, they always kind of like come unglued, like before they like go full on crazy. Maybe this is the beginning of that for Bryson. This is before the full on crazy hits. Eddie Pepperell in a tweet called him an unaffected, single-minded twit. That, 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 that kind of sounds like fighting words to me. But it's Eddie Pepperell, so he's probably just doing it to be hysterically funny. Right. Um, <laughs> now, I tweeted out that I am all for Bryson breaking the rules until someone grows a set of balls and slaps him with a penalty. I feel like this has happened for so many years. And the only way the PGA Tour is going to change is if someone forces their hand. So part of me hates Bryson for doing it, okay? You know, I'll say it. He's one of my favorite golfers, but part of me hates him for that. However, there's another larger part of me which wants to see him take this as far as he can and, 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 and play a seven-hour round and almost force their hand to do something. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I, I don't know if they ever will, Scott. I mean, what 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 would happen if Bryson decided to just, you know, he says he walks super fast but takes a long time over the ball, and he says, so basically I'm doing the same thing as other players that walk slow but maybe play a little bit quicker. And I don't know. Look, I have not gone out and tried to stopwatch the guy, you know? Um, right. But, but let's say he's being honest. Let's say he's being truthful, and if you did stopwatch it, well, they're pretty even. I would love to see him go out and be like, okay, you know what? I'm slow. Let me show you how slow I can play. Mm. And then see, yeah. if, see if the PGA Tour comes back and does anything about it. Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, Scott, with a star as big as him, the defending Northern Trust champ, I don't think they do a damn thing. No, I don't think they do anything either. It's hard. See, and, and that's the thing. The PGA Tour has kind of painted themselves into a corner. Because they essentially are the players. It's like the NFL is the, you know, the, the teams, the players. The PGA Tour is the players. There's nothing without them. And once you start kind of like basing your marketing on, you know, these guys are good and it's, it's you know, that kind of uh, symbiotic relationship, you can't then say, okay, well, you know, we, we base a lot of our marketing for this year around Bryson DeChambeau being kind of this like evil scientist genius and then penalize him for being an evil scientist genius. That's a great point. That's a great point. They're running with that marketing. Even Bridgestone is running with that marketing. And look, let's be honest. You know anybody in the science community that makes snap rush judgments and decisions? Mm, No. No. Everything's weighed out. Everything is calculated. Everything is once, twice, triple checked to make sure that you know there's no variables that interfere with whatever outcome uh, occurs. And honestly, Bryson's doing the same exact thing just on the golf course. 
I think what was interesting is at one point he says a lot of it's the caddies. And then he says a lot of it's the other players. <laughs> Mm. He says, they don't care about walking fast. He goes, I play a different way out there. I take my 40 seconds. That's a lot. Sometimes I take over, absolutely. But he goes, maybe that's 5% of the time. Um, You know, I would love Bryson to pick a side and stick with it. He's definitely doing a lot of flip-flopping right now. But I've got a question for you, Scott. Everybody Mm. jumps on Bryson because it's the cool thing to do. And I'm not defending or arguing for or against. I'm playing devil's advocate here. Everybody jumps on him for that 70-yard shot, right? Can we remember Mm -hmm. multiple times where Phil might have 80, 90 yards, walk it off, then send his caddy up to tend the flag? I remember that happening at tournaments. And guess what? People applaud Phil for that. He's going to make it. That's Phil being Phil. But we do the same exact thing or take the same amount of time, maybe even a little bit less, but it happens to be Bryson, and now people jump down his throat for that. You know, I, I'd almost like to see him, you know, because he is a scientist, take video evidence, set it to a stopwatch, and release it and, and actually, like, prove that he is not playing slow. <laughs> And I know he's probably not going to sit there with like a stopwatch and do that, but he's got enough money that he's probably got some like college friend who's like looking for like a a grant or something to continue research and just be like, yeah, listen, I'll give you, you know, 50 grand if you do this for me. All right. You know how Bryson went to the 3M championship in Minnesota and he Mm -hmm. got like behind the scenes, he got a little lab coat and all that and he got the tour and see what they were doing behind the scenes. I would love if, for like a summer internship, he went to uh, an, an analytics company and just started working on some algorithm that was able to decipher exact um, time differential between shots for players across the board, like for the Corn Tour, <laughs> the PGA Tour, the LPGA. Mm. And that's like his summer internship. You know how like sometimes guys in the NFL will do business internships in their off season. That's what I want for Bryson. Well, and maybe, I mean, maybe just ESPN can get on this. You know, they already have like the, the next gen statistics for the NFL. Like, you know, this player is running 19 miles an hour, you know, at the, the start of this kick return or something like that, you know, let's, let's put the clock on Bryson and, you know, he, he tees off on one and, Let's see how quickly he's walking in comparison to, you know, like a Justin Thomas or something like that. It's a great point. It's, I mean, those are all things that I feel should be looked at out there. Um, so that's the deal, Bryson. You know, if you've got any thoughts on that or you hate him, you love him, you know, give us a call. Let us know. It's 843-608-0013 or send us an email. Leave the pin in at gmail.com and hit us up on Instagram or Twitter at leave. The pin. Scott, let's take a real quick break to pay the bills, and we'll be right back. Sure. All right, we're back, people. Um, so, Scott, anything else about this week about the Northern Trust? Um, I don't want to beat the dead horse, but I do think that maybe one of the reasons Bryson keeps getting you know, some shade is that it's getting thrown on him by players also. You know, you mentioned Eddie Pepperell. Uh, your boy, Ian Poulter, you know, kind of threw him under the bus a little bit. Rich Beam comes out of the rafters and starts, you know, 
saying they need to fix things. Yeah, let me you tell know. you this about Rich Beam, okay? Now, granted, Rich Beam has a PGA championship, okay? One in which I don't think he truly deserves. However, I think that championship should have been taken away the second that he started dancing on the 18th green. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I make it a point to disagree with you, and you're right. <laughs> That, like the the NFL like excessive celebration penalty like there should have been a guy with a yellow flag. Yeah, like if I'm Bryson, I'm literally just tweeting at him a a gif of him dancing. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's probably the appropriate response. Yeah. That's all. There you go. But um, yeah, Paul, Paul Laurie, Christina Kim. Right. It, you know that that I think is why it keeps maybe getting piled on to him. Well, look, nothing but. attracts a crowd like a crowd, right? So it's very True. easy when other people are doing it and you see 15 other people on Twitter or wherever, social media, it's easy to jump on. It's that mob mentality. What's difficult, mm. what's super difficult, is to go up to him or any of these players and approach them like adults and say, hey, man, I saw what you did yesterday. I really feel like it's destroying the integrity of the field. Um, if you could work on that, that would be great. And then maybe you start some dialogue. But in this day and age, it's super easy to jump online, tweet it out. You you know you have other people backing you because you've seen it. So you're not even like you're not even dipping a toe in the water. You're jumping all in. But guess what? There's tons of safety nets everywhere because if he comes back at you, you could be like, oh well, look, look, look. They said it. They said it. They said it. Right. Yep. No, you're you're absolutely right. Look, and 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 let's be honest, the entire culprit behind all of this is the PGA Tour. If 10 years ago the PGA Tour would have come out and started delivering actual penalties that that mattered instead of penalizing teenagers uh from other countries that don't speak English uh at the Masters or or Hideki mm-hmm. in one of his first tournaments, I mean we wouldn't have this problem. But the PGA Tour goes off and only penalizes people that basically can't fight back, the underdog, the little guy, if you will, or girl in that case. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like they protect their big stars. And you know why? Because they know something else will happen in the golf world, like Thor Bjorn Olsen will go piss somewhere else where he's not supposed to, and this will all blow over. Yeah. Yep. Totally. All right, that's that's all I got for a rant. Scott, yeah, tell me it, about uh, tell me about vacation and, and playing uh, some Disney golf. So, I, unfortunately, and normally we we go to uh, you know Disney World in Florida a little bit longer, um, and there's kind of time in the schedule to uh, to get at least a, a nine hole round in. Sometimes eighteen. Um, I've played Disney World has I think it's three courses. I've played all three at this point uh it's a you know a lot of fun i don't bring my own clubs i play with rentals so i'm not like looking to shoot a good score i'm just going out there to get some swings in and and play some different courses and things like that um usually what i will do is they have a sunrise nine where you tee off on the back nine uh and just play you know play the back nine it's like 18 bucks you get you know golf clubs shoes and breakfast for like 25 bucks that's a good so deal. It's, usually, it's a great deal. I like that. Uh, so that's usually my thing. I'll usually do that once or twice per trip. 
This trip, we were going to be there a little bit less because we were going on a cruise. So um, usually we'll, you know, we'll find time for some mini golf. We didn't really get to do that. Um, but the boat, the, the cruise ship had a, a golf simulator. And without even telling me, my wife booked me for an hour of golf simulator time uh, the second day we were on the boat. So I was like, ah, that, that's really cool. So I hopped on and went up there. I was greeted by uh, a giant uh, goofy statue because it's goofy sports deck. And I went in thinking it was going to be like this big room. And basically it was a room the size of a, a big screen that the simulator is being projected onto. And that was pretty much it. <laughs> so it was very kind of like, oh, all right, this is, I'm literally, this is my simulator for the next hour and I'm not going to be bothered by anyone. And that was pretty much what it was like. Uh, it was a, a curtain that separated me from the other simulator, which was, uh, you know, behind me and started off with a little practice range. And then I decided after looking through the list, you know what, why not uh, try and play 18 on say at St. Andrews? How many holes did you get in, in the hour? And did you do the Eight. automatic putting? So I did not do the automatic putting, which is a huge mistake. Um, I got all 18 in, uh, and actually with about two minutes to spare. And that includes like a, a 10 minute warm up. Um, so yeah, I got all 18 in, which was awesome. It's when you're, when you're by yourself, there's not like a whole lot of, whole lot of downtime, you know, so it's, you're just hitting there, you're playing and how many swings you're really taking in the hour. So yeah, the, the whole 18 was, was pretty easy to get in. Now I saw on Instagram, you had posted that they had a pretty uh, diverse selection of, of courses. Any other ones catch your eye or what, or did you see St. Andrews and you were like, you know what, that's it. No, I went through the whole list. Um, but, you know, and I thought about like, well, you know, there's Beth Page was on there. So I was like, ah, oh, you know, that, that'd be kind of cool. And I was like, eh, I've played it for real though. So like, you know, not so much. Uh, I thought about Augusta, but Augusta wasn't on there. Um, cause I'm sure there's some kind of crazy licensing agreement that they would have to sign on to. I thought about Tory a little bit cause I thought that might be cool. Um, and then I eventually I was like, you know what? Just, just keep it simple and just go St. Andrews. Now, one of the things which you need to tell the listeners out there were the golf clubs that they allowed you to use because they had some pretty famous, expensive brands, right, Scott? It's I I, I still can't even believe that they just they just have those. Uh, normally, when you, when I play on a Disney course, you know the the club rentals. They used to be, um, well, they used to have tailor-made, but then when they signed on with Arnold Palmer Golf Managers, they switched over to Callaway. And last time I played there, I had a really nice set of, um, I think they were the, the Callaway Edge uh, irons, you know, really nice driver, nice Odyssey putter, you know, pretty, pretty sweet. So I kind of expected that to be on the, the cruise ship as well. And I could not have been more wrong. Um, I, and, you know, Strata, which is a, a Callaway brand now, uh, I guess it's the, the top flight iron, whatever. Um, that was what most of the, the clubs were. But there was no driver, so I kind of, you know, looked through the, the – there's like six bags of clubs there. I looked through them a little bit more, and I found uh, this P2 
PXG driver. Uh, you PXG, Scott, Parsons Extreme Golf. No, 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 no. Um, that PGX. Yeah, yeah, um, no, 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 no. It's PXG is the brand, right? Uh, unfortunately, I don't think that they were going to have uh, ultra premium drivers for what is probably uh, an experience that is mostly uh, participated in by like twelve-year-old kids who, you know, quote unquote, play golf, and you know, your ordinary like weekend hacker. Nothing. You know, they're not gonna. They're not gonna bust out the like six hundred dollar driver. Nothing made me laugh as hard as seeing the picture you posted and the bottom of the driver in full PXG logo said PGX. <laughs> yeah, that the fact that they like echoed the logo on it was pretty spectacular. And it was all like see. faded and rubbed off because you can tell people have been hitting the bottom of the driver on on the mats. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was awesome. So. How did it perform, Scott? Uh, I think I hit two drives with it. Um, one was a huge duck hook. Uh, and, <laughs> wait, and I'm wait. Wh- like, so, so the I'm an- talking like <laughs> sixty yards offline. So the anti slice technology was the was to duck hook it. Oh, totally. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. The chef is a little whippy. Let's just, just put it that way. I'm literally um, crying right now. Yeah, and then another one. Um, I tried to adjust, and I ended up hitting it so high that it actually hit the ceiling and did not register in the simulator. Oh God! <laughs> How, uh, so, so I mean, you you played the you played the old course. How'd you shoot? Uh, so well, and then anyway, so after I gave up on the driver, I just I started hitting the three wood, and I was pounding the three wood like two thirteen. So I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna play my round with the three wood. It'll be fine. There you go. Uh, um, so yeah, so that's that's what I did. Uh, so I, I shot. Uh, so uh, my goal uh, was to you know just not humiliate myself. Um, so I shot an even hundred, uh, and I would say of that hundred, mm, I'd say sixty of the shots were putts. Okay. Yeah, it's that's that's that's, it, that's it's, the hardest. It's probably thing not that many, but. It's probably fifty fifty. Yeah, the worst thing with the simulators is is when you take off that automatic two putt or or automatic putting, you know? Yeah, and so I let like the, the cruise ship person set it for me and she even said she's like the putting's a little difficult. Are you sure you wanna putt? And I was like, Yeah, you know, I'll 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 putt. And she's like, Okay, fine, I'll set it to what I usually set it for. And I think she had set it for um, gimmies for anything inside of five feet. Okay. And I would have, I probably should have like adjusted that out just a little bit because it, it's, it's tough. For sure. Well, yeah. I, I, I've played a few simulator rounds and that's the one thing that's always turned me off was the putting. I haven't played a simulator where the putting was done well. Nah, it, it, and you can't read breaks. I mean, obviously they put it on there, but it's still, it, it, it's tough to get the speed. It, you don't get any feel for it. So yeah, uh, it, I, I should have just adjusted it myself. But yeah. Right, well, at that I point, mean, I was, just, I was having fun, so I didn't really care. Yeah. And now you can tell people that you've uh, played the old course. So there you go. Yeah. And again, the even hundred 
you know, the, the front I shot 52, the back I shot 48. Um, and, you know, I, I feel like that was a, a pretty decent, decent round. Mm-hmm. Even with, with the putting, I mean, figure, take a, a putt off each hole probably. And that's a, a really good round. Very solid. Very solid. Um, so let's, let's tell people, Scott, about what Leave the Pin In has coming up. Um, I'm going to be traveling tomorrow to the, you played golf at the home of golf. But I am traveling tomorrow to the home of American Golf, and that's Pinehurst. Yeah, a little U.S. Am action. Um, Now, correct me, the last time you went, it wasn't for the U.S. Am, but you were there like the week before, correct? But that wasn't even the last time. That was the first time you went. Yes, I've been there there, a few times since, Uh, correct. But yeah, that's a funny story that you mentioned that. The first time that I ever went to Pinehurst, which is about, gosh, I'm going to say 11, 12 years ago now, um, I happened to be there during the lead-up to the USM, the last time it was there. Uh, So maybe it was 98. Oh, jeez, I can't remember. Maybe it was nine, uh, uh, oh, one, something like that. Let me see real quick. Uh, 2008, sorry. And that's when, yeah, so 11 years ago, that's right. And that's when Danny Lee won. He bre- uh, beat Drew Kittleson in the finals. Mm-hmm. Um, so Pinehurst, back then, that's before the redesign of number two. It's before the complete overhaul of number four. There was no cradle course back then. They didn't even know own number nine, the national uh, at that point. So you're talking about Pinehurst when it was all uh, green, quote-unquote. Now you have the wire grass and the sandy areas, and um, it's got a much more uh, mature Sand Hills vibe. So I was there, and I played the day before the first practice rounds, and it turns out I was the last public play off because it rained all day long. Um, I played in about 16 holes of rain. It only let up for the 17th and 18th, which, by the way, I did make par on, as there was like two people under the overhang watching. Um, there'll be a lot more people there tomorrow. So that was pretty cool. Got to play it in as close to tournament conditions as possible. It was a bear, but an amazing experience being out there by myself. Have not played two or four. Since the redesigns have played a bunch of the other courses, but not two or four uh, since they've been redesigned. So I'm very excited to go out there. I'm very excited to see what two looks like. I'm beyond excited to see what number four looks like because people have just raved at the work that Gil Hans did on the course. I'm also excited to see, you know, honestly, the future pros in the next five years. And your boy, Scott Akshay Batia, is on my list to watch, and he, I believe, is teeing off tomorrow on the on number two, and he is teeing off at 125, um, uh, sorry, 225 on number two, and that is going to be probably the first group that I follow along with. He's playing with uh, Takumi Kenaya and Chun An Yu. Mm. I don't know either of them. Uh, yeah, I can't say that I'm familiar with either of their uh, their resumes. Now that is off of the um, <clears throat> off of the first hole 
on number two. Now, teeing off on the 11th hole, which is interesting because on number two, they're going off one and 11. On, on number four, they're going off one and nine. If you remember, they were doing that at... They did that somewhere else. I think, it it's, a, I think it's a routing issue. Yeah. I think the, the 10th overlaps so much so um, that, especially with... You have to understand, it's not... You know, when, when you go to a, a major tournament like this, and this is, you know, the biggest tournament for amateurs in the world, um, when you go to a tournament like this, the routing is different, where they put tents you know, would be completely different. Um, mm-hmm. So things things are, are not as they seem if you were going with your buddies to go play number two or number four. The course is going to look a little bit different, even though the course itself is not changed. The perimeter of the course and everything around it is going to be totally different looking. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. I mean, this course was built before the idea of hospitality tents and TV towers were even actually a thing, so... It's not. It's not constructed with that in mind. Right. Right. And um, my boys, Scott, my twelve, my nine year old, just informed me that they wanted to come to Pinehurst with me. So I made a few calls, and we're going to be staying at very last minute calls, mind you. Um, I told you, you know, before we started recording mm-hmm. this, my plan was to drive out early Monday morning, cover it for the day, and drive back. Monday evening. It's about two hours from me down here. So very, very quick trip. And the boys said, well, we, we want to go. We love Pinehurst. We'd like to see what the courses look like. We'd like to see all these, you know, future pros. Because, look, they know the list of, of ex-winners, you know, Doc Redman, Victor Hovland, DeChambeau, Peter Uline, Danny Lee, Tiger Woods, you know, Kuchar. They know all of them. So mm-hmm. you're really getting, I mean, honestly, if we can predict out in the future, we're, we're getting... 10 to 15 guys that are going to come out of this that are going to be household names within the next six to seven years. Oh, yeah. I, I was just looking at the list. I mean, you know, Devin Bling's playing. He played in yep. the, the Masters yep. and the, the U.S. Open. Yeah, Brandon Wu. Yep. Um, um, you've got, uh, gosh. Uh, Akshay will be sure. something at some point. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's foregoing college to turn pro next year. Yep. Um, you got um, Cole Hammer. Cole Hammer is going to be destroying the tour like Matt Wolf is in the next uh, three or four years. Will Grimmer uh, will be out there. Uh, I can't remember the, the kid who just won the uh, Junior Am, uh, whose dad is a ex-tour pro. and uh, Oh, Summer Hayes, uh, the Summer Hayes kid. I can't remember his first name. That's that's my bad. But there's, there's a ton, dude. There, there's a dude... Whose first name is Cougar, Scott from Canada. Mm. Cougar Collins. Nice. It's a uh, Preston Summerhays. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Daniel Summerhays is his either nephew or cousin or uncle, and then what's it? Brett Summerhays is the dad. Bruce. Bruce. Yeah, uh, I think Ali Schneider James's brother is playing. Yep. Yes, he is. Yeah, I mean, so you look. You've got guys with such a pedigree, like. It's not the USM of old where you could have a 40-year-old or even like a 45-year-old get into it, you know, and and there's a few college kids. Like every single one of these kids – oh, excuse me. It was uh, Daniel Wetterick, uh, Brett Wetterick's kid. Is oh, in yeah. That. That's why Brett was on my head. 
Um, you know, like these kids have played around the country, around the world. This is not like your good high school golfer that was able to qualify. Like that doesn't exist anymore in today's day and age in junior golf. Every single one of these kids, or even, you know, and I say kids because some of them are college kids. They're still kids to us. Uh, any one of them could be playing on a, on a top 10 collegiate team, could be playing in the Walker Cup, you know, and could be playing on a pro tour within the next 10 years. Mm. Very true. So, Very yeah. True. So I'm excited, and I made some calls, Scott, and I got some lodging through Talamore Golf Resort, and I'm just, like, beyond psyched to stay there and to kind of experience Talamore when I'm done being at Pinehurst. Um, I plan on playing the Talamore course. Uh, I plan on playing Southern Pines. It's right next door to Pine Needles. Uh, Mid-South is right there. It's just um, a phenomenal kind of old-school Sand Hills Resort. Um, they do this awesome barbecue for people every Monday night, Monday and Friday for the guests there, which is like completely free for guests. And they do a whole pig roast. I mean, like it's, this place is top notch, Scott, and I cannot wait to get there and just kind of sink my teeth into the resort when I'm not going to be at Pinehurst. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that barbecue sounds good. <laughs> and, uh, one one of the things that they're doing there, Scott, I got I got to tell you this is uh, is friggin' insane, and they're doing this golf package. <clears throat> it's only for a certain time. Uh, it's for gosh, uh, what is it? The week of September eighth through the fifteenth. I know this sounds like an ad, and it's it's not no free ads, but it's so cool that like I had to tell people about this. So if you happen to be in and around Pinehurst, September eighth through the fifteenth. For $599, Scott, listen to this. You get two nights in a two-bedroom villa, right? You get three rounds of golf at Talamore and Mid-South, okay? Now, that's a good deal right there. Included in that is free replays each day at Talamore and Mid-South. So, you could have six rounds if you want. Mm -hmm. You get breakfast every morning. Monday and Thursday, uh, Monday and Thursday, sorry, like I said, is that barbecue, right? Then, included in that is, to your specifications, a Callaway Epic Flash Driver fit to your specs. Wait, how much is this? F- Scott, five ninety nine. dollars the, the, the... I the, know, the, Scott, I the know. The retail of the drivers. It's five ninety nine. I know, it's insane. It is... Based on quad occupancy, so if you have four friends and let's say they all need drivers, you literally are getting three days, two nights, six rounds of golf you can have, breakfast, dinner, and a new driver. I, I, I mean... What, what can you... It, it, it's, it's insane. Now, the, 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 the kick is, or, or the asterisk is, it's only available... For that week of September eighth through the fifteenth. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's they're figuring everyone's back in school at that point, so you know that that knocks out a good chunk of people who might be coming. Yeah, but imagine, uh, imagine if you had that time available to go. Oh, you and I'd be there. I mean, 
it's it's like it's disgusting how amazing that is. Beyond uh, cool. I'm not, uh, I might. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you might be taking in I'm, some personal days. I mean, what what what's a paycheck? <laughs> <laughs> Look, basically, you you if you think about it, if you need a new driver and you don't go there, you're almost losing money. You, you really are because you had to eat anyway. <laughs> So that costs money. Hey, I, uh, I, chances, I, are you're, chances are you're going to play golf at some point that week. So, you know, rock and roll. I don't know if you noticed that, Scott, and I love that about you, but that is something you say about any single golf trip. You say, I don't even count food money because you got to eat anyway. That's true. <laughs> I this. Well, that's, you know, that, that's one of the things I, I justify a, a <laughs> ridiculously expensive mouse vacations with. I love Ooh. it. I love it. Oh, it cracks me up. Uh, yeah, that's good. That's good. Uh, Scott, anything else this week? I want to. I want to talk real quick about playing golf. I played uh, the the list of because we haven't spoken in a little bit. But the list of guys who lost their their tour status or tour card. They, they don't lose their status, but they lost their like full time tour card um, after last week's Wyndham. Have you you seen some of the names on that list? Yes, I was going to ask you who is the most, um, who's the, who's the the most shocking to you? Uh, I would probably say Daniel Berger. Okay. Oh uh, yeah, that's fair enough. Fair enough. I was going to go with Bo Hostler. Um, he's he same for the same reason I picked Berger. He's I think he's shocking too. Because they're guys who are youngish, who kind of had some success early on, and you kind of don't think of them as guys who uh, didn't play well. I I feel like Hosser was kind of always in the mix, kind of towards the early part of the season. It was. You remember last year when Poulter beat him in that playoff? Like it was his tournament to win, and if he has mm-hmm. one stroke go his way. We're not even discussing him because he's got an exemption on tour for two years. Right, exactly. You know what's 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 crazy is, and what people don't think about is this: you lose your card, so okay, you're automatically going to the the corn tour next year. All right, no big deal for the most part, right? But every single year, there are sixty to let's say a hundred collegiate players that are turning pro that mm-hmm. are younger than you, hungrier than you faster than you longer than you you know tougher than you and that's every year so the the need to win is so immediate nowadays it's insane like it is such Mm -hmm. a cutthroat world it used to be like take a polter for example right one of my favorite players okay love him or hate him he is and a guy that i know a ton about followed his entire career you know, this is a guy who who turned pro off of a four handicap forging a signature, won some European tour events, uh, went the Euro route obviously because he's from there, and then gets just high enough to get into a WGC and get some free points. And it's like here and there he came close to losing his card, but he never has. That type of pro does not exist anymore. A guy who can just be kind of meddling along. You know, finished eh, top 25, here's a top five here or there, because there's so many good collegiate players coming out every year, and the corn tour gets stronger and stronger and stronger every year. 
Yeah, and and like you think about it, like so Bill Haas is one of those those guys who who missed it. Bill Haas is a FedEx Cup. I I know. He's he's playing on the corn tour now. Right. And I, I and I I just think about what my mentality would be. Like okay, so I, I I'm rolling up to a corn tour event, and there's Bill Haas, and I'm just, and someone's like, yeah, it's Bill Haas. He you know he won the FedEx Cup. Yeah, but now I'm playing with him, and he has to beat me, and I'm younger and hungrier because I don't have ten million dollars sitting in the bank. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think it empowers these younger guys to a certain extent. Yep. Where they feel like, yeah, like, you know what? Hey, I got no respect for what that guy's done. You know why? Because he's sitting with, like you said, Scott, probably 25 mil in career earnings. And you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm bunking with two dudes and my caddy so I can pay $25 a night in Missouri. Right. He's here because he already failed. So this, this is his punishment. You think he really wants to be here? Nah. I got that guy. And then when you hear people say like, well, you know, I mean, obviously it's, it's, it's obvious why the corn tour doesn't get TV time. They're just not that good. They only play for 900 grand a week. And then you look at the names and career earnings that these guys have made that are playing down there and their scoring average. It's insane. Yeah. I mean, Hunter Mayhem's going to be back on that. He's got six tour wins. Um, you know, there's, you know, a lot of guys who are decent PGA Tour players who have just fallen on hard times, and now this is where they're they're stuck trying to make a living. Right, and then you're going to have 26 through 50 or 26 through 75 on the Corn Tour uh, money list, and mm-hmm. those guys are going to be back, and they're going to know the course is better than some of the guys that are dropping from tour and they know what needs to be done. Um, you know, it's just, it's, it's really nuts how good the level of play is down there. Yep. You know, and you, even if you looked at, um, uh, whatchamacallit, if you looked at some of the names that are down on the corn tour right now, you'd see, that a lot of them were old pros, you know? And we got, like, out, like our buddy Tyson Alexander, who Mike caddies for. I mean, here's a dude who's been under par in, like, the last 10 tournaments, okay? Like, finished under par in the last 10 mm-hmm. tournaments and is sitting at, uh, as of right now, 62nd on the money list. Right, which, you know, decent living, but it's not getting you anywhere. No, it's it's getting you nowhere with the amount of money that they have to, you know, put out. Um, so the, the you know he's made eighty eight grand this year. He probably spent thirty of that on travel. And then he's got to pay Mike. You know, so I mean, if, yep. if if you think that being a tour pro is glamorous, and I correct myself, he's fifty seventh out of the top twenty five right now. Uh, if you think being a tour pro is glamorous on these lower levels. And you think it's glamorous making thirty-eight grand a year profit? Um, I mean, you know, there, there's there's other places that you can make that much money, Scott, without a college degree. And you know what? They probably give you some benefits uh, along the way too. Yeah, and you don't have to be traveling constantly. Yeah, away from your family nonstop, and having that that mindset of I've got to win this week, or you know, or this whole thing could just go up in smoke. 
Yep. Uh, exactly. So, Scott, I want to talk about my playing real quick uh, because I feel like I could become a pro golfer this year. Um, I broke par for the first yeah, time in about I, two years or so. Yeah, that that was uh, that was pretty cool to hear about. Tell the fans. Yeah, I shot a 68 on a par 70 course. Um, actually went out in 33, Scott. I had visions. Now, at one point, I had birdied five of the first eight holes, and I had visions of going sub-60. Mind- I, I mean, that, <laughs> when you start that hot, there's a chance. Yeah, mind you, my career best uh, is 67. So, you know... It probably was not to be, but uh, yeah, one off my career best. I thought I was going to tear up the backside and, and and break that, and the backside proved to be very quirky. It was a course I've never played before. Um, relatively shorter course. I think it was only 63.5 from the tips, or 63.4, and I played from the tips, um, and I was just striping my driver, and with that being said, I had a lot of wedges into holes and with mm-hmm. that being said i stuck a lot of wedges close yeah i mean it makes such a, a huge difference when you can hit a wedge from the fairway into a green i mean yeah i mean even if you're not sticking it close you're not doing yourself any harm by hitting the green and making a two putt so yeah but i i got into that mindset of like what being a great player might be like and it was for like the three and a half hours, it was so cool. Like I was getting mad making pars because the hole looked mm-hmm. like a manhole cover. You know, it's just one of those out of body experiences. I think I've felt it on the golf course maybe ten times in my life, and I haven't for a while. But I've been playing some some decent golf as of late. I was supposed to, and I put on Instagram today. I was supposed to. My course was having a pay one price, play as much as you can. Um, but I've been having a little bit of. Uh, Neck problems, which just sidelined me, and I kind of slept weird on it the other night and didn't sleep much last mm. night. Woke up, decided to cancel. It was actually a blessing in disguise because at 1 o'clock, the skies opened up, and it has been downpouring here since. So I would have ah. only gotten maybe 27 holes in anyway, if that. Yeah, which is still a, a cool day, but not if you're, you're feeling, feeling a little pain because it's, it's almost not worth it to go out there, try and press to get in like a few extra holes, and then and then you can't play for a couple weeks because you have to yeah, exa- you know, take care of something. Yeah, and I've I've had I had a little neck issue almost a year ago, uh, 12, eleven months ago, you know, which necessitated a big uh, eight inch needle in my spine. I'm trying not to go there again. You know what I mean? I'm trying not to be yeah, in, that, no, in that type of pain. It, it, yeah, anytime that uh, you have to get something stuck into you, it's probably not a good thing for sure. Um, but that's that. And especially when I had visions of, you know, I called them up and I said, Hey, what's the first tea time of the day? They said seven thirty. I said, does someone have it? They said, Nope. And I said, wow, I might be able to get a hundred holes in. <laughs> now, is it, this is the course that you live on? Yeah. Or yeah. The, well, there's, the the- it's, it's the course, it's any of the courses in our community. So right now one is being completely, uh, airified. So there's only two that are open. So the one that I live on and and the Jones course. So the Bird and the Jones course. So it would have been those two. So, mm. you know, I, I had vision, Scott, honestly, of playing each one twice and coming back in at like 5, 6 o'clock in the afternoon. 
or evening. Yeah, especially, I mean, like, you don't even have to stop for food. You know, someone could just, because you live on off a fairway, you could have someone bring it out to you. That would be pretty awesome. Yeah, I had everything planned. I was going to pick uh, the boys up, for because we live right in the 10th hole. So I was going to have them mm-hmm. meet me out in the 10th hole, and I'd play the back nine with each of them, you know, and they could bring food and drink out. And literally, I would just drive around the course and the community all day long, because you know the old adage, Scott, once you pay for the card, it's yours for the day. That's definitely true. So that that was my mindset, but uh, you know, I saved some money and uh, saved a little wear and tear on my body. And as it turned out, the uh, golf gods were not going to cooperate anyway. Yeah, that's a, an interesting idea that uh, that the course decided to throw that out there. I I I kind of think that that's something that courses should maybe you know do if they have multiple places for people to play and. They know it's kind of like a, a community. Like, why why not do that? Just have, like, that all-you-can-play option yeah, for one and, price. And we're starting to get into the shoulder season down here in the south. So, you know, most of the southern schools have gone back. So yep. a lot of people have returned. Um, there's not as many visitors uh, down here as there was, you know, last month or so. So it's a little bit of that downtime before the snowbirds start to converge in like, you know, November. So you've got like mm-hmm. that late August, September, and October, which is that shoulder season, and then it goes into the high season down here. You know that that November, December, January, February, you know they're getting mm-hmm. bo- uh, you know Boku bucks for uh, for rounds. Yeah, because that's when it's. It's nice there, but it's sucky everywhere else. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> um, all right, buddy, let's uh, let's plug some sponsors, pay some bills, and uh, get the heck out of here. Get ready for the USAM. Yeah, sounds awesome. Hey, so check out our sponsor, Mulligan's Golf. Um, you know, Scott and I have been rocking the gear. Uh, Dan from Train on Main has been rocking the gear. My wife has been rocking the gear. Mulligan's Golf on Instagram, on Twitter, at Mulligan's Golf, and check them out at Mulligan's Golf dot com online and then also visit our buddy dan at train on main you can find them on instagram twitter as well as train dash on dash main dot com scott you got anything else for the good people episode 30 buddy Mm, episode 30 yeah speaking of dan i saw on i think it was instagram he had uh someone out there doing some some golf specific training so you know don't think that you know, you have to go to Joey D if you want to get in shape for golf. You know, you can hit up Dan at Train on Main. Yeah, you can go to Danny L. And I'll tell you what, that guy that was doing it, that is Bryce, our buddy who is a TaylorMade rep. Ah, awesome. So you know that a guy that's that deeply involved in the golf world, um, you know, if he's going to Dan for a golf-specific training, you know it's good. Yep. Yeah, it, it, I mean... I figured it would be anyway, but that just confirmed it for me. For sure, for sure. All right, people, uh, look, check out our Instagram because I'm going to do a ton of stuff from the USAM. Uh, and then next time you hear from us, we'll be Scott and I doing a wrap-up of the USAM later in the week. So either get busy golfing or get busy dying. Be good. <laughs>